I am really glad that you <laughs> you are part of my Fluent podcast. I watched some of your videos on your mm. YouTube channel. It, it may sound cheesy, but you're kind of an inspiration to me. And oh. I really love your channel and what you're doing. And I jotted down even some vocabulary words that oh, I could wow. learn. And uh, so I'm, I'm very, very thankful. So for example, okay. I, I got pumped or <laughs> all of that jazz, really great <laughs> expression. And to take something with a pinch of salt. <laughs> yes, and, yes. Uh, yeah, and well, my idea was to make it in four sections, kind of. So I really would like to, to learn about your journey, how you became fluent, right? And mm -hmm. then the second part would be what is the CELTA, your experience and... Mm -hmm. The third one is your YouTube channel, Lingo Chunky. Also, I want to touch on the other projects. And last but not least, I would like to, to tackle some vocabulary. Super cool. I am pumped about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, nice. Me too, me too. So then let's begin with your journey, how you became fluent in English, because basically... Well, my fluent podcast is all about becoming fluent in, mm -hmm. in a language, so it makes sense that we focus on that because that's what I am striving for, and I'm pretty sure that you can share a lot of insights on your part, how you could reach this level. So maybe you could introduce yourself so that the listeners know who is speaking. Sure, absolutely. So my name is uh, Eugenio Prodan. Most people just call me Eugene because it's easier this way. I'm originally from a small country in Eastern Europe called uh, Moldova. And uh, I've been living in the United States for the last 10 years or so. I have a YouTube channel called Lingo Junkie where I share some of the you know, language learning process or language learning advice or anything about the languages I speak. And now I'm actually back in school. I'm studying um, international affairs in graduate school. So just a few fun facts about yeah. me. And so when exactly did your journey start? When was it when you learned English for the very first time? Um, I would have to say probably we started learning in second grade um, back in Moldova. They try to teach us English pretty early on, um, English or some other foreign language. In my school, it was English. But it was, uh, I think, only once a week. The classes were only once a week. And when you're eight years old, I mean... You don't really learn that much, I don't think, um, with that amount of study time. So, but, but still, it was that early on. It was from second grade up until, you know, you graduate from high school up until 12th grade. So I think around seventh grade, they bump it up to two classes of English per week in school um, and goes that way until the end, until you graduate. Okay, great. I envy you because in my case, 
I was about 17 years old when I had my first English class. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, big yeah. difference. And uh, well, okay. And, and then you moved to the USA from mm -hmm. Moldova to the USA. Mm -hmm. And then you still needed to learn English, or did you already have uh, a superb level of English? When you moved? <laughs> superb. <laughs> I don't think, uh, I don't know if I'll ever get to a superb level, <laughs> but uh, well, maybe I should take a step back a little bit and let me know if it's too far of a step back, <laughs> if, it's, um, if I'm getting too in the weeds. But basically, I was really motivated from a very early age to study in an English-speaking country or somewhere in the European Union. Um, study after high school, you know, to get a college degree from, from one of those institutions um, in Europe or the U.S. Uh, it was just a big, big dream for me. And um, with that, I knew that I would have to know a foreign language. Yeah. There's just no, no question about it. And since I was already studying English and since I was really, really passionate about learning about popular culture in, from, from the U.S., um, I know... It was a big deal. It was a big, big dream for me. But like, I really shot for the moon and I thought, wow, it would be so cool to study in the United States of America. And um, I started uh, taking some additional classes, I think, in sixth grade. Yeah, sixth grade. So like at a private language institution, which I'm sure people have in every country. So I just became, I think, a little bit more conversational thanks to those private lessons. Um, and then the thing that really, really, uh, you know, pushed my fluency to another, another level was the fact that I got a scholarship to go to the United States for one year to, to live with an American host family to, to study in an American high school to essentially be part of this, you know, American life uh, and experience it from the inside. And I was, I was 15 when I went there, almost 16. So it was pretty early on. And I really owe a lot of, of my fluency, a lot of everything that has happened after that in my life to that year. Yeah, so, I see. Yeah. And can you remember how was it back then? At the very beginning, when you began this one year, how did you call it? This uh, program. Exchange program. Exchange program. Could other people make out that you are not from the USA? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. They could. They were. They could hear my accent very, very well. I think the first thing that they would ask me is, where are you from? Because yeah. I ended up being placed in um, a city called Albuquerque, New Mexico. If you're a fan of the series Breaking Bad, oh yeah, you I probably <laughs> know the place. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's famous for many other great things too. Um, they have a, an annual balloon fiesta, like a hot air balloon fiesta, where people come from all over the world and fly those hot air balloons. That's another fun fact for you. Um, 
but yeah, people were giving me looks. People were asking me questions. Where are you from? Why do you, why do you talk like that? Um, you know, some a little more diplomatically than others, mm. <laughs> but yeah, it was, um, I, I was really standing out. Um, and the good thing in a way, if, if you really care about your accent or, you know, things like that, um, it can evolve. You can work on it and it can evolve. And I look at some of my videos from those years. Uh, this was, I think, 2009, 2010. And I hear it. I hear the difference. Mm -hmm. so, so, yeah. But was it that you had a bad feeling about it? Was it an unpleasant feeling that others would would make it out in a way? Did, mm -hmm. did you did you want to 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 sound like a native? So, what was this like a goal that you you wanted to achieve? Um, I think so. I think so. I think I was a teenager at the time. Yeah. I was very insecure. <laughs> and I wanted to kind of blend in in a way. Um, I don't know if I would do the same if I was to go on an exchange program now. I feel like accents are beautiful. I think there's yeah. no shame <laughs> in whatsoever in having an accent. I mean, especially if you speak the language grammatically correct, there's no problem. Mm. But even if you make mistakes, I mean... It's okay. That's that's totally fine too. You're at least trying. But you know, for me, someone who had this plan of, you know, this bigger plan of studying in this country, of uh, going to school, of taking classes with other fellow native speakers, you know, for me, I think if you put all of that together, that was why I really wanted to sound like a native. Yeah, you you wanted to be part of the community, right? Yeah. You were integrated because I assume you loved or you loved the, the culture and, and, and all, all the stuff oh, yeah. that is in Albuquerque and so oh, on. Yeah. And um, I also saw a video where you became actually a citizen of the USA. Is that yeah. right? Yes, yes. It was 2018. Like I said, so many things have happened after that year, and I owe so much to that one year. Um, yeah, fast forward, I want to say 10 years later, now I'm a U.S. citizen living here in the United States. I you know, can confidently say I'm fluent in English. I understand so much more of the cultural intricacies that there are in this country um i get a lot more jokes i understand a lot of, <laughs> more of those and you know if you really think about it it's not a big deal like if you don't get a joke that doesn't mean you're not fluent or you're not good enough of a speaker because those jokes for example they there's sometimes just like a reference to a movie or some line from some i don't know i don't even know um but like to a lot of people that can be a big deal that some you're at work with someone and you don't get a joke and all yeah. of a sudden the world is crashing <laughs> but no <laughs> i i just want to say that um it's it's not like that um being fluent um and being proficient in a language i mean is completely I, in my point of view something else you know okay yeah i get you absolutely 
And yeah. now we we went a little bit too fast. So <laughs> <laughs> after one year, you went back to Moldova, right? So yeah, what, what happened then? Was it difficult to to go back to your own culture and stuff, <laughs> right? Yeah, the, the change yeah. of of the language because I suppose you you didn't spoke that much Mold Moldovan or yeah. how is it called Moldovan? Uh, Romanian. We speak Romanian. Romanian there. Yeah, and we speak Russian, and there's a big, I guess, um, <laughs> it's like a melting pot of uh, of languages in my brain and in other people's brains. But yeah, I went back. Um, and that was kind of the, that was the law to go back for two years. You weren't allowed to come back to the United States. It was like a special visa that they gave me. Even if I wanted to stay there, I couldn't. I, I had to come back. And uh, thankfully, I still had two years of high school. And it just worked out perfectly that I could uh, finish up my high school. And during those two years, I could work on my you know, college applications for the United States um, and get into a college in the U.S. But uh, back to your question, it was difficult. It was really difficult because on the one hand, there was the cultural side of things because even a small thing like in the U.S., I was I got so used to giving people hugs, for example, <laughs> just like you see a person, you're, you're hugging them. But in Moldova, and I think in a lot of European countries, you give a like a quick kiss on yeah. both cheeks. And I totally, completely forgot that that's how we do it. And so I was going for a hug and the person, you know, the girl was going for the kiss. And so it was awkward. Um, <laughs> so lots of different things like that have happened when I was coming back. And then people, you know, they sometimes would not believe me that I'm having a hard time remembering a word in Romanian because my school, I, I went to a Romanian school. So they thought that, ah, He's just pretending like he's this Americanized <laughs> kid. And I'm like, no, seriously, I'm struggling to, to remember this one word. Can you help me? <laughs> and yeah, there was a lot of that sort of um, linguistic gymnastics <laughs> happening in my brain. Because in my home, I speak Russian. And so, you know, that's like juggling three languages at the same time. It's hard, <laughs> but it's fun because, it, you know, you have so many stories to tell at the end. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I remember a story from my part because my father is Argentinian. And I remember once when I was about 13 years old, uh, we went about three or four weeks to Argentina. And uh -huh. then we, we only spoke in Spanish, right? And I felt so comfortable. I I was used to speak in Spanish in such a short time, right? And, and I only yeah. wanted to speak in Spanish. And then when we came back, it was so strange to, to get back to my dialect. But it is yeah. weird because it, it was only three or four weeks, right? So I can absolutely feel you when you are saying that uh, you were one year away and you came back, of course, a lot of things change. It's this identity thing also. Yeah. And my question is, what do you feel now? Are you more oh. a person from USA or are you more a Moldovan person? Or 
What is your identity? Oh, that's a great question. I struggle answering that question myself <laughs> pretty much every single day. Um, you know, now that I'm officially a U.S. citizen, with being an American, it's easy because you can just say, well, I'm American. And that can mean that maybe your roots are from from Europe, right? Maybe you are from Argentina originally, or your parents are originally from Argentina and you moved with them and you don't speak a word of Spanish and you've never set foot in Argentina, but you know you have that heritage with you, so to speak, but you've all lived all your life, for example, in the US. So but you can still call yourself American. You know, there's Native Americans who, you know, are also citizens of the U.S. There's so I mean, in a way, the easy way out is to just say, "Well, um, now I'm American," and you know that <laughs> kind of um, puts puts the end on it. But it's actually far more complex than that because <laughs> you know how are you the same? And that's air quotes. Um, with somebody who is, let's say, an American who's lived here for generations, right? Versus like me, a first generation American, um, where you actually feel kind of an in-betweenness type of thing, you know? Yeah. Because, I mean, I lived, I guess, the majority of my life in, in Moldova, in Europe. So a lot of the cultural stuff, a lot of my experience is a European experience, is Eastern European experience. Also, <laughs> not every you know country in Europe, I guess, you know, is the same too. So it's it's um, it's difficult to, for me to explain that, to be honest. So I just say I'm American, but I always had, <laughs> but I'm originally from Moldova in Eastern Europe. And usually that is a great conversation starter and uh, people ask other follow-up questions and, and, you know, the conversation kind of starts from there. And I remember one video in which you were cooking oat, oatmeal. <laughs> yeah. It was kind oh. of funny because you told us how you could um, pick up the American accent and maybe you could tell us what your method was i i had to to laugh quite a bit <laughs> oh thank you first of all thank you for watching all these videos daniels i really appreciate it it means a lot i uh, recorded a video uh, i was um, cooking oatmeal like i do in the morning <laughs> that's what i eat pretty much every single day and uh, i just remembered that back in college whenever i would have an interview um you know, a job interview or an internship interview or something important where I had to speak in the morning, if it was at like 9 a.m., I could really hear my accent coming through very, a lot. You know, it was just, in the video, I say that I could hear the Boris uh, <laughs> coming through, like Boris being a, a typical, you know, Russian name, <laughs> like Ivan. So what I used to do about an hour or so before the interview, I would call up my bank <laughs> just to kind of check, you know, check the balance or like talk to the person, the representative, um, like something about my statement, just to kind of get the conversation going, just to kind of hear the language. 
and uh, be able to actually speak it with another person. Um, it's weird. It's kind of a unorthodox <laughs> way to do it because it's probably so much easier to like go out in a hallway and to start a conversation with someone. I'm sure some people can just like watch a YouTube video or listen to something and get that, I guess, English uh, speech in, in their head. But for me, it was really important to have it kind of go both ways. I say something to you, you say yeah. something back to me, you know. So for me, calling my bank was a, a very safe way to do it. Um, <laughs> sorry if you called your bank for like a real question. And <laughs> because of me, uh, you know, you were on the line for too long. But yeah, um, it helped me with my interviews. Yeah. And, and of course, to me, it makes perfect sense because it's all about get exposure, right? And yeah, and, and also to, to speak up. And I think it is a pretty hard task to understand someone on the telephone. I mean, even in German, I don't like that that much because yeah. it's just sometimes it's difficult. The communication is far more difficult than one-to-one uh, -one communication. Uh, and so I think this, this is really great. I would just also add to the phone conversation with your bank also the other benefit of doing it by phone and calling your bank or calling maybe if if there's a line you know other people won't be like as affected you know because yeah the fact that the interviews for me in my case were mostly also by phone you know that was a great again practice because sometimes you just don't really understand what the person is saying over the phone so For me, it was kind of a twofold um, benefit because, you know, for one, hear the English speech, get that input, so to speak. And number two is like doing it by phone was great because the interview sure, later on sure. would happen also by phone. Um, and I also have one more uh, quick, quick, quick thing to add uh, about the exchange program that I forgot to mention. Do you mind if I just say yes, it here? Of course, yeah? that would be okay. cool. <laughs> nice. I was just going to add that. So my exchange program was for one year. I think one way that I'm sort of uh, always recommending people to embark on these, these sort of uh, exchange programs, if they can, is to immerse themselves as fully as they can in the language, in the culture, in everything. And Maybe I did it a little too crazy because I was just so passionate about, you know, <laughs> learning so much. But I was only speaking with my family, I think, once a month by Skype for half an hour. And that was it. That was okay, the extent yeah. of my language practice of Romanian or Russian. Everything else, for the most part, I mean, 95% of time was in English. And in New Mexico, there aren't that many Romanian or Russian speakers. So in school or, you know, my neighbors, they were all speaking English too, or Spanish. <laughs> A lot of Spanish speakers in New Mexico. Thankfully, in this environment, that sort of made me, it pushed me. Yeah, you were kind of forced to, to yeah. learn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Forced to learn and to pick up those little phrases and expressions. Uh, and it was great. It was, was really beneficial to me. So 
anybody who is also doing these kinds of programs, I just always wish them this, yes. besides all the other yes. good things, I wish them to, you know, stay as fully immersed as possible. If you're on YouTube, just, or if you're listening to music, don't listen. I mean, it's hard to say this because sometimes you get like very nostalgic and you want to listen to a song in your own language, you know? Okay, cool. But try to do more of the Yeah, the absolutely. Language. I also try to watch series, for example, always in English, always in English yeah. and, and movies as well mm -hmm. and, and books as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. And I will, would also add to this, you would think that after you're done with the, the one-year program or, you know, any exchange program, at the end of it, at least in my head, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to be done with it and I'm just going to be fluent. Just like there is this particular sort of uh, time frame type of thing where, okay, done with the program, mm -hmm. check mark, fluent, or like near native check mark and it just doesn't happen that way so this was the interview part number one with eugene thank you so much eugene you are really amazing i could learn a lot from you and i am sure that the listeners will as well so the reason why i split it up into two parts is I wanted to make a transcript and besides that I also wanted to make a vocabulary list which I'm gonna publish at the same time and it takes me a lot of time to revise it by the way for the listeners in any case you missed something out or you couldn't understand it this episode is also available on YouTube and it will come with an audiogram as well so you can watch the video and at the same time you can read along with the transcript I will also put all the links in my show notes so that you can find Eugene and his YouTube channel easily just a quick note before I finish up here I am also on Instagram, so you can look me up by typing my fluent podcast on Instagram. Thanks a lot for listening. Thanks again, Eugene, aka Lingo Chunky. See you soon. Bye. Have a good one. There was a time, there was a day when I used to have a job. What a time, what a day. To have a job at all Low unemployment Economy's booming Keeping attrition So low I try to be working But people are talking Foodies are coming Beware Happy Friday, happy Friday, another week is passing by, what the heck have you accomplished? Happy Friday, happy Friday, get the heck away from me, 
with your corny ass review. And now it's time to go to lunch. Everybody's undecided where to eat and where to go. So I bring my lunch with me. Any plans for the weekend? Break up with your girlfriend. Sorry to hear that, my friend. I still try to be working, but people are talking. Foodies are coming. Beware. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Another week. Is passing by. What the heck have you accomplished? Happy Friday! Happy Friday! Get the heck away from me with your corny ass reviews. time no more coffee in the break room disappointed off you go to your cubicle again any plans for the weekend break up with your boyfriend sorry to hear that my friend I try to be working but people are talking Foodies are coming Beware Happy Friday Happy Friday Another week is passing by What the heck have you accomplished? Happy Friday Happy Friday Another week is passing by What the heck are you doing with your life?